Welcome to Think with Sarav. So glad you're here. The purpose of this podcast is to help you grow deeper in relationship with God. And if you don't believe in God, please stay tuned because there's great content here you don't want to miss. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share. Now here is Sarav. Today I'm really excited to share this very important episode. I mean, so far we have done great and a lot of things has come out which are great, great, great topics. But especially this one is really important for all of us. Even if you're not a Christian, if you do not believe in Christ, you you deal with these things. You have constantly gone through troubles that make you wonder why and how did I end up here again? Why I couldn't deal with those problems? What happened? So I am going to talk to you about three presumptions, three assumptions, let's say, that we make in our lives and we think it is okay and we wonder later in the back end, how did we get here? So the problem may be within the choices and the decisions we make. The questions we ask ourselves and the question we desire to ask ourselves are not always consistent. You see, we must as often as possible take inventory of our lives. I like to call it take stock of what's going on in your life. And if you do not like something that's in the in your life that's going on right now, then try how can you get rid of that and how can you live a life that is pleasing and that is honoring to God. We're supposed to live a life that is constantly examined. You see, we if we do not examine our lives, then there may be something that creeps in our life and it, it destroys us within. And we do not know until it, it, it has it has spread all over your body. It has spread all over your soul or let's say in your mind and your thinking. And if you wonder constantly why in the world do I have to go through this again and again, with the same kind of trouble, I'm met by the same kind of things, and probably the reason for that would be ignoring what's in the present, what's going on right now. If we're not paying attention to what is happening around us, if we're not paying attention to the things that is going on right at this moment, sin or undesired guest you know that is not welcomed that is not un, uninvited that is not invited that may creep in and destroy us from inside that that can happen you know when i started work at my uh, place i started uh, when i started i was told and directed to take inventory of everything in the store i was told here are the computers here are the ipads and here are other accessories and I was told by my manager that, hey, always pay attention what's in the stock. Pay attention if they are available, if if they are uh, ready to sell, or they may the computer might show something, and in reality, in the physicality, they may not be there. They may not be there. So I was told that. But there were times I ignored that advice. I ignored that uh, direction of my manager, and I started selling it most of the time out of not really thinking through or paying attention i was just not trying to how i wasn't trying to defy their direction i wasn't trying to say well i will do whatever i want that's not what i was thinking in my ignorance i was just selling the thing and then later on i would realize uh oh the thing that i'm looking the item the computer the ipad aren't here 
they have been sold or claimed, but the computer recorded something entirely different or wrong. So I would end up apologizing to my customer and I would end up apologizing to my manager. And there was a lot of hassle. I had to refund the money, explain to my manager why I refunded the money. And then there was a whole lot of process. The paperwork in the next day would be again painful. So these things would go on and on. I could have avoided all this pain if only I had paid attention, if I had only looked into the inventory and found find it if the thing, what I expected or I anticipated are still there or not. And that is true of us as well. It is especially important for all the believers to examine their lives, especially when in the book of Lamentation 340, it says, let us examine our ways and test them. It says, let's, let's examine and test them and let us return to the Lord. Are we testing and examining our lives? The question today is, are you just going on presuming that everything is okay and nothing has to be paid attention to? Or are we taking... Are we taking stock or inventory, examining our lives? Are we all the aspect of our lives? Are we looking at them and then paying attention and trying to test? If we're not doing so, we may fall into trouble. You know, falling in constant sin and other behavioral matters may be the result of ignoring, again, as I said, overlooking what is right in front of us. So today, you can choose to ignore. But they will grow and they'll be bigger and bigger. And then they will come out when you had least expected. That is the nature of anything that grows slowly inside. Jesus said, uh, Paul said actually, Apostle Paul said, the sin, the, the sin grows inside and it becomes bigger. James said, the sin grows inside of us. It gives birth and it, it grows inside of us in the book of James. That's when we learn. And today, I want to talk, especially again, three, three major assumptions probably that can help us avoid a lot of pain, heartache, a lot of, lot of hurtful things. So assumptions, let's go right into them. And I hope that you learn something today. That's my prayer. That's my hope in the Lord that you get something out of it, that your life is a little bit better than it was yesterday, a little bit uh, extra ordinary than it was yesterday even today and i wanted i wanted to grow i wanted to get closer to the lord i wanted to understand the ways of god i wanted to experience his goodness his holiness his presence his amazing amazing way that's my prayer for all of you who's listening to this i want to really bless you today so here we go assumption number one if i cover my eyes no one can see me <laughs> We have seen these things in cartoon. It may be a little bit silly, but haven't we seen these things in cartoons where a petrified and indecisive character tries to hide from his predator? It's closing its own eyes and saying, oh, if I can't see myself, probably they can't see me as well. That's a lie. And that's, we know that we laugh at that. We just, we just laugh and we don't think much of it. But the fact of the matter is sometimes all the people see the problems and what's going on in front of us and we try to just close our eyes and say you know what i don't i don't want to see it i don't want to pay attention to it but that is nothing but a trouble in the future 
that is nothing but a predator trying to will attack you and it will grow bigger. I want to share a story. So it's the story of Billy Bixby and the dragon. Some of you might have heard this story because this is a children's story, but I find I find it so meaningful. I find it so relevant and it has such a great story and a power to it. I want to read it to you. It says now to the so it says about the Billy Bixby and his dragon. Here's the story. Billy Bixby was rather surprised when he woke up one morning and found a dragon in his room. It was a small dragon about the size of a kitten. The dragon wagged his tail happily as Billy patted its head. Billy went downstairs to tell his mother. And the mother replied, There is no such thing as a dragon, said Billy's mother, and she said it like she meant it. Billy went back to his room and began to, began to dress. The dragon came close to Billy and wagged his tail, but Billy didn't pat it. If there's no such thing as something as dragon, then it's silly to pat it on the head. Billy washed his hands and face, went down for breakfast, and the dragon came along. It was bigger now, almost the size of a dog. Billy sat down at the table. The dragon sat on the table. This sort of things was not usually permitted, but there wasn't much Billy's mom could do about it. She had already said there is no such thing as a dragon, and if there is no such thing, you can't tell it to get off the table. That is what usually happens. You know, I'm I'm pausing it right now. So the the problem, the the incident, and a tiny thing that we ignore, it keeps growing. Look at this, how it grew as uh, to the size of a dog from a kitten. And mother is ignoring that, right? The Billy saw it. Billy is paying attention. Is curious. It's childlike, and but the mom is avoiding it, trying to just ignore it and hoping that the dragon would go away. Back to the story. Mother made some pancakes for Billy, but the dragon ate them all. Mother made some more, but the dragon ate them too. Mother kept making pancakes until she ran out of batter. Billy got only one of them, but he said that's all he need. That's all really he wanted anyway. Billy went upstairs to brush his teeth. And what happens next? Mother started clearing the table. The dragon was quite as big as mother by now, made himself comfortable on the hall rug and went to sleep. By the time Billy came back downstairs, he had grown so much that he filled the hall. It was big as big as the house. Billy had to go around by the way of the living room to get to his mother. I didn't know the dragon grew so fast, said Billy. There's no such thing as a dragon, said Billy's mother firmly. Cleaning the downstairs took mother all morning. With the dragon in the way and having to climb in and out of the window to go from room to room, by the noon the dragon filled the house. Its head hung out of the front door, its tail hung out of the back door, and there wasn't much room in the house that didn't have some part of the dragon in it. When the dragon awoke from the nap, he was hungry. A bakery truck went by. The smell of fresh bread was too much for the dragon to resist. The dragon ran down and straight after the bakery truck. The house went along like the shell atop a snail. The mailman was just coming up path when some mail of the big speeds with the some mail of the big speeds. 
When their house rushed past him and headed down the street, he chased the Bixby's house for a few blocks, but he couldn't catch it. When Mr. Bixby came from lunch, the first thing he noticed was the house was gone. Luckily, one of the neighbors was able to tell him which way the house went. Mr. Bixby got in his car and went looking for the house. Finally, he saw a house that looked familiar. Billy and the Mrs. Billy's Mrs. Bixby's were waving from the window upstairs. Mr. Bixby climbed over the dragon's head onto the porch roof and through the upstairs window. How did this happen? Mr. Bixby said. It was the dragon, said Billy. There's no such thing, his mother started to say. There is a dragon, a very big one, Billy insisted as he patted on his head. The dragon wagged his tail happily. Then, even faster than it, it had grown, the dragon started to getting smaller. Soon it was kitten size again. I don't mind dragging the size, said mother. Why did it have to grow so big? I'm not sure, said Billy, but I think it just wanted to be noticed. The point, the moral of the story is this, that if you do not pay attention to this dragon, if you do not pat its head on its head, it will keep growing bigger because it will it it looks for attention. The sin that is entered in our heart, what happens to it? It wants attention. It it wants to stay in our heart, in our lives. It wants to assume a power, a authority, a super supreme authority. That's what. It wants so assuming that you can ignore the problem that's in front of you can be a problem you see you have to understand you have to acknowledge and you have to take inventory of what's going on in your life how can you do that how can you avoid the assumption of if I close my eyes I cannot see nothing how can you avoid that well you can begin by being honest with yourself what do I mean by that Begin by not lying to yourself. That means whenever you sit down before God, whenever you, you, you're taking inventory of your life, do not ignore the questions like, why do I really do this? Why am I really pursuing this? Why don't I read Bible really? Why don't I pray as much as I should really? Why can't I quit this habit? Why can't I? Why am I? going after this woman why am i going after this man why am i really buying this these are the questions you must struggle and wrestle and you have to find a answer that is satisfying and that is honoring to god you must answer them honestly though why if you lie to god and yourself you're just inviting trouble and catastrophe upon yourself in the future this is a dragon the dragon will keep growing. It will creep in your life. It will try to take control of your house. It will try to take control of your habit, everything. So, don't ignore your problems. Don't ignore what is right in front of you. Don't ignore them. This dragon will grow bigger and bigger and bigger, and it will take your house from its root. What is that? What does that mean? It means you will invite trouble arguments and, and and quarrels and you will invite all kind of things that you don't wish for you don't want to deal with when it when that dragon is small pay attention to it pet it and probably send it away and just don't meddle with it just get rid of it because one day it will grow bigger 
So ask yourself honestly. Ask yourself, am I being honest with myself with this decision? Am I being honest with myself with this assumption? When you assume that if you ignore something and it will go away and it will, you can avoid it completely, then that assumption is a mess up. As John Maxwell says, assumption is the mother of mess. Assumption is the mother of all mess up. Assumption is the mother of all mess up. Today, today, when you sit down, when you sit down, just look at yourself. Ask this question today that am I really being honest with my problems? Is it really not a problem? It is not really a big deal, is it? Ask yourself and assume that you may be wrong, but you have to take control of this matter. The enemy is lurking in the darkness. It is lurking, but you can avoid that tension, avoid this uninvited guest, avoid this dragon to become bigger and bigger in your life once you address it, once you address it. So to avoid the pain, address the dragon in your life. That's the first assumption, and this is how you deal with it, by by acknowledging, by seeking God, by seeking to address the dragon by acknowledging, begin by acknowledging you got some problem and you need to address them and you need to fix them as soon as possible. Assumption number two, I can do it all by myself. That is the attitude of taking control. You know, I have tried this and let me tell you this, it does not work. Take my word for it. Whenever you try to control the situation and whenever you try to take control of the, of the situation from the hands of God, you are only inviting further and further trouble. You're trying to get yourself in the spiral of trouble. And we know this because we, we have read this. Look at this. In the book of Genesis, we know the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. God promised Abraham that he will have, he will, be, he will become the father of many, many nations. God promised him, but it was like he was turning 88, 87, and there was nothing being done. So he is a little bit stressed, and Sarah is a little bit stressed. However, we know how the story is going to turn out, but Abraham and Sarah did not. So in the situation, Sarah tries to take control of the situation, tries to take control of the matter in her own hands and fix. I mean, try, let, let's get, get, get it started. That's what she is thinking. God is going to come in his time. I don't know when, but let me take control of the situation and, and, and see what happens. But we all know what happens. Let's read in Genesis 16, 1 to 6. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named, named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, his name wasn't Abraham at this point, his name was Abram. The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. That means go have physical relationship with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. Sarai and Abraham had this name because after afterwards God is going to make them Abraham and Sarah, the mother of all the nations and father of all nations. Back to the story. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai 
His wife took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. That means Sarai. Then Sarai said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. Look at her. Look at her. She's blaming Abraham for this. I put my slave in your arms. That's what the Abraham would say later on. Uh, and now that she knows she is pregnant and she despises me, may the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands. That's what that's what Abraham said to her. Do with her whatever you think is best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Let's go a little bit deeper on this situation. Sarai tried to take control of the matter. She tried to say, she tried to do things in her own way. And she said, I can do it. I can, I can probably expand the family, the promise of God. I can probably get it started. Let me kick off and get it started on this matter. That's what Sarai said. But the result of this is disappointing. She ended up having this, uh, this, this argument with the, uh, uh, with Hagar, they have this, uh, the, the relationship between them is gone down and the, the, she finally end up kicking her out of her house. And so much trouble, not only for themselves, between them, but also between uh, the now the, the future of Ismail, the son that she will eventually bore for uh, Abraham, is going to have a terrible time. He's going to go in the desert. She cries out to the Lord. So what do we see? anxiety we see trouble we see a problem we see every kind of thing she invited this never-ending trouble and not only that she did not trust god why do we do this what is the reason behind acting on our own uh, volition we try to take control of the matter why do we do this we probably grapple with fear so much that we try to take control of this matter so that's my conclusion the fear so that is why God had to say 365 times, do not fear, do not fear. That is why God has to remind all, do not fear, because fear has so power in us. If we let the fear control and it begins to make us anxious and we lose our confidence in the Lord. How can we do, deal with this assumption of I have to take control? Like, like, Sarai, like, like Sarai, if we do take control and try to advance the cause that God wants us to advance, we may get in trouble. So begin by confronting this fear. The fear comes in, it will creep in in your life. But you don't have to give it your, yourself to it. You can stop it. You can say, I will not give my life, my hope, my, my confidence to fear. You can confront it. Begin by trusting in the Lord. You must ask, God, do I trust you or do I trust myself in this matter? So when the resounding answer of God is you can trust me, then you have to begin by placing your faith and trust in God. Look at Jeremiah 17, 5, what it says about trusting in yourself. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their heart away from the Lord. 
cursed. Why are we cursed if we trust in human mere strength? Well, the cursed in the sense that if you do trust in yourself, you'll only be met with the with, with a disappointment. You'll only be only be met with all kind of stress and all kind of things that you probably are going to hate in the end. You're going to struggle in the end. You go, uh-oh, I again fell for the same trick. So you get cursed because you make wrong decisions and you get in the tr this spiral of never-ending troubles. And another place, let's see, it says 55, 22. It says, we need to take counsel of the friends around us. In the multitude, in the multitude of our friends who give us right advice, we have this incredible, incredible uh, success. It says, seek a spiritual friend, seek a plan, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. What does that mean? It means that when you have a friend who can give you right advice, who can give you exact advice that God would give, you will succeed. So when you assume that when you take control, everything will be fine, step, step a little bit back and think about it. Think, does it really solve the problem? Maybe. Maybe in the future you can cause yourself less pain by trusting in God instead of your own ability. And again, I encourage, let God take control of every aspect of your life. Assumption number three, I don't need anybody. Now, this is a very dangerous assumption. Whenever you think that you don't need anybody in your life, you're saying that I can do all things by myself. But we are called, in the Bible it says, we are called to live with one another. You are giving opportunity for enemy to double down on you. You're alone fighting against all the things, all the arrows, all the, all the pain and the struggle and the suffering that enemy will present to you. When you're alone, you're alone. <laughs> but you're with when you're with people, then you can rise above the this enemy which which wants to just press you down and which wants to crush you down which is standing like a roaring lion let your brother have your back in the bible it says in the book of hebrew 10 to 24 25 it says we are called to have fellowship right we're called to have fellowship so it said so it says and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day is approaching. The writing writer of Hebrew encourages us to be together in fellowship with one another. When we are in unity, we can, we can have a life that is much more productive, it is much more strong, and because in the presence of many people, in the presence of many people, you will have the courage to defend and to fight against any adversity that comes in your life. Another thing, why do we need to be, we need to be with people? Well, remember, one is a two of a small number to achieve any significance in your life. When you are the only one, it is hard to get everything done. Look at Nehemiah, how he succeeded. He succeeded because he had people who were helping him and who were helping him accomplish to build that wall. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6, it says, So built the wall till all of it reached half of its height, for the people worked with all their heart. It says, We rebuilt it. People rebuilt it. 
people were the necessary element and in, in this equation of success if you want to achieve any significance in your life if you want to achieve any if you have any motivation to do any impact in this world you will need people you will need people people of god who will stand right behind you and you will need those people another reason is friends you need friends to encourage you in the time of your low point it says therefore encourage one another and build each other just as in fact you are doing it says you have to encourage one another build one another and that is the recipe for a life of support success and joyfulness you know i know some people who has not gotten along with people with their friends and and the end of their life like they are now reaching the end of their life and they have no one to comfort them they're struggling to find a friend they always pushed other people away that only resulted in pain and heartache so my friends these three assumptions that i can i can assure you when you deal with them ask and examine these things in your in your life you can have a successful life a, a joyful life a peaceful life assumption number 1 I can ignore and I can get away with it. That's wrong. I can take control and get things done. That's also wrong. And in the end, I can do anything by my own strength. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that you don't have to give into these temptations. You don't have to give into these presumptions. You can get rid of them. You can avoid them. And once you avoid these assumptions, you can have a life that you're going to be uh, excited about you're going to be less painful because once you decided that you need people you need loved one around you you can have a pretty much a life that is much more less painful so thank you very much for listening i hope that you write down what are the things you're struggling what are the things you're presuming in your life and you find a way to deal with them thank you very much for listening